The Spinning Hill Kick Podcast, it's an inspiration. Listen to the journey of the next generation. All it takes is a little dedication. Fight to the end and they'll make it. Progressing next in line and you know now. AJ out from NorCal, so turn the volume up. About to listen to the showdown. Could be WWE, Impact, or NXT, or we're random indie. It'll start from the beginning. The next subject, we're discussing the hustle. Follow the lead, not an easy thing. Be everything that you need to be. See the things you'll succeed, you'll see the spinning Hill Kick Podcast, better believe the dreams. And we are on with the Spinning Hill Kick Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. A guy that a lot of people are talking about after a viral clip went on uh, last week. He is the sauce, Alex Zane. How you doing, Alex? I am lovely. I'm glad to be here. The uh, Spinning Hill Kick, right? Yes, sir. My That's favorite movie. That's an awesome time. name. So. <laughs> well, you know, people no. people always ask me why, why I chose that. And X-Pac is actually my favorite wrestler of all time. And, oh, that's sick. And I mean, spinning heel kick, he probably did one of the most beautiful spinning heel kicks ever. So I had to give a little no tribute. That's awesome. So let's let's talk about it, man. Uh, and I'm not even talking about the video that everybody's talking about and the, the 630 and all that. You know, okay. I, have, I have a serious question. Okay. Um, I, I like to have Taco Bell every Tuesdays. And right, Taco Tuesdays, taco, okay. Taco, I call it Taco Bell Tuesday, and uh, and for for religious reasons, I don't eat meat on Tuesdays. So oh. as ever since I was a kid, I would call it Taco Bell Tuesdays because I would get bean burritos, nachos, right. without the beef, whatever. Um, and I, I got to ask you, man, what is your favorite sauce from Taco Bell? Uh, I go with fire usually. Um, I love, I've liked a lot of their like gimmick sauces. Like I like their Verde when they had that. Yeah. And, you know, they they discontinue a lot of that. But uh, I'm all about all of it, honestly. Like I get all the sauces. Just sometimes I like to switch it up as far as the flavor goes, because you know the mild and even the hot have different flavors than the than the fire and stuff. So it sometimes just depends on what I'm eating or what mood I'm in. You know, why not just mix it all together? <laughs> right, right. When I, when I get like the Nacho Bella Grande, it's all going on there. Everything's <laughs> going on there. <laughs> um, favorite taco spot, man. Uh, my favorite taco spot. Oh, man. Um, okay, here I am forgetting it now. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the taco. They put over the fish tacos in the movie I Love You, Man. Mm. And there's the, and it's on the, uh, it's out in uh, L.A. I think it's on Venice Beach, like in the area. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, if you're into fish tacos, like, they're a little pricier, but they're, they're top notch. You can't get better than that. I legit had the best fish tacos ever in Cabo. In Cabo, well, no doubt, yeah. Straight, you'd have, straight, yeah. <laughs> straight fire, man. So hopefully, hopefully you get a booking somewhere in Mexico and you can stop in Cabo. Right? That would be uh, the dream, right? Yeah, like. I just now, I don't know if you saw that, I just now literally uh, about less than an hour ago probably tweeted that uh, I got my passport. Yes, so now sir. I'm about to be international as far as wrestling bookings go. So I'm uh, really looking forward to it. And hopefully somewhere near Cabo is on that list so I can get a fish taco. You know, now now having that passport and, you know, you're, you're one of those names that are really crawling up and people are talking about. You know, when it comes to the international pro wrestling scene, it's probably one of the hot. You know, international wrestling is just on top notch, just just how it is in the states. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to end up when it comes to traveling international and and wrestling in front of a different crowd? 
Man, um, there's so many options right now. And like you said, like wrestling in general is just international and domestically here. Like it's just popping everywhere and it's like crazy. I know over in the UK there, like a lot of people are killing it and stuff. So um, really like I, I hate to put like a ceiling on myself or anything like that, of course. And just then like put out a place and then because it feels almost like I'm limiting myself by specifically calling something out, you know, but um, definitely want to want to stop by and do some work like dream wise would be like new Japan. Yeah. And, um, and recently, uh, hearing from SEMA over OWE and stuff like that, like definitely has me interested in traveling to China and stuff. And of course, over in the UK, they have a ton of, uh, companies killing it over there. So, um, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to hit as many as I can realistically, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes and what the future holds. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing too, man. Anywhere you land at this point, it's going to be a great fit and it's just a great experience overall. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with, with your with the video going out from GCW and you doing the sick-ass 630, bro, <laughs> what, you've obviously got a huge reaction out of that and people are talking about you all over social media. You know, what? how are you taking all of that in? Because obviously you've been putting in your work for a long time. But then it's this one video that got everybody talking about you. Uh, it is kind of crazy, man. Like, um, because it, it did take the one video. And, and that's why, like, I think it was, like, the next day or something like that. I tweeted that lyric or whatever from a Big Sean song. Um, because it did feel like a very similar thing. And uh, as a Big Sean fan, I was kind of, like, putting him putting him over in a, in a way. Because I know a lot of... Uh, a lot of wrestling fans aren't even, like, hip-hop fans, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, there's a, you know, but... Um, so I put that lyric out there because that's how I felt at the time was like, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, here he is, you know, showing up brand new on the scene and he did a flip. Okay, good for him, right? But at the same time, they didn't realize, you know, I debuted in 2005. So I've been 14 years in the business and um, years before that I was backyard wrestling and, you know, so... I mean, overall, I've been wrestling or doing some form of it, if you want to include backyard wrestling for, I don't even know how long I started when I was 11. Let's uh, make it uh, 22 years now. So, Is that, when you when you have that type of reaction, you know, what goes through your mind because of you obviously being in the business for so long already, the video comes out and everybody's popping for you. Like, do you have like a, a feeling of, damn guys i've been doing this shit for a long time like now you recognize me or like you know kind of not not i don't want to say a salty feeling about it but kind of right. like now you guys are seeing me do my thing but you know in another way it's kind of like all right now the eyes are on me type of deal like i like, think i think it is really like a mixed emotion right like you yeah. do have to some extent like like that almost like in the back of your mind like i've been doing this you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like and then you have of course like how thankful you are for it to all be happening because you know not everyone gets this opportunity and a lot of people even have to grind harder grind longer and, and etc you know and, and do different things in order to make their way and um and it's just it's a different route for everyone but in this case you know like obviously super thankful super grateful that it's happening the way it's happening yeah and at the same time it's kind of like I know what I'm capable of. So like, I know there's, I'm, I, I'm glad to know that there's still more to give. Like, I, I'm glad that I'm not necessarily like a one trick pony and it's like, Oh, he, okay. He can do a six thirty, but his full matches suck, you know, or something like that. So, um, I'm very happy with a lot of how it came out. Um, 
I'm happy for the timing too. You know, I look yeah. back even at just uh, a couple of years ago when I, like I had taken a hiatus and I came back in uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. And it's kind of been me getting, getting my bearings back about me and working off some rust and um, learning and learning and learning. And so I'm glad about the timing, you know, cause if it happened, if it happened sooner, I don't think it would have it, it wouldn't be as good as it, as it is now. So the universe kind of has a way of like working itself out like that. And I'm just, I'm glad it, I'm glad it did, you know? Yeah, it's true. And the fact that we do have social media, uh, I mean, obviously like in 2005, 2006, we had the little MySpace Friendster and all of that, but with Instagram, Twitter popping off, like it's just, it just helps out. It helps build your brand and, mm -hmm. and taking, let's take it all the way back to when you first first got to see pro wrestling man what was that moment like and how, how did that all come about to you being exposed to the world of pro wrestling um it's kind of like being exposed and then sort of being re-exposed like when i was first exposed to it uh my grandfather was the first person to show me wrestling at all um and i was like i was still a tot like i was knee high you know so i was i was probably three or four years old um and I got left with my grandfather while my grandmother and mom like went out to the store or something. He was watching wrestling and I start throwing a fit like, hey, where's my mom? And he's like, hey, look at the TV, look at the TV to distract me yeah. from throwing the fit. And uh, Jake the Snake Roberts happened to be on the TV. And I, I, that pretty much hooks me right there. Like I saw the snake and then he was like putting it on people. And I was like, you know, intrigued ever since. Right. So yeah. um, and kind of, you know, some part of that three-year-old me was like, I want to put snakes on people, you know? So I was, so I was, I was ready to, um, I was ready to be a fan from then. And then I think, you know, you kind of fall in and out of it because at the time I have no concept of fandom and, and understanding of uh, television programming. So I was kind of in and out of it. The only time I would really see it is when I was around my grandfather and stuff. And um, then later I got back into it. Like my older brother was, kind of into it. I think it was popping like, you know, uh, mid nineties, it started yeah. really popping. And so like he was in school and it was just kind of the thing to be into. And then I was kind of like re exposed to it. And I was, he was like watching WCW. So then I was like an immediately like a WCW fan. And then later kind of got into the WWF side of things. And, uh, it was all downhill from there, man. I just <laughs> never really let go since. It's one of those things, man. Like, people will not realize... For people that are not wrestling fans, will never understand why we love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of funny, because, like, um, I was actually at the airport the other day, and I was flying out to Seattle. I just did a show there for 321 Battle, and I was on my way out. And I'm, I never fly out of my local airport, because I live in a smaller town, and the local airport is kind of... Uh, it's more expensive to fly out of, and just, yeah. like... Even though it's more convenient driving from my house, it's less convenient in several other ways or whatever. So um, so they had booked me, fortunately, to fly out of that airport. And I go and I leave out of that airport. And someone I went to, like, middle school and high school and stuff with saw me. And she was kind of a friend of a friend. And she was like, oh, like, hey, like, good to see you. Haven't seen you in years or whatever. And she was like, um, you know, kind of asking about how things were going and what I was going for, where I was traveling to. And I said, wrestling. And she was like, wow, you're still into that. And I was like, yeah, I'm deep now, deep into it now, <laughs> you know? So it was just kind of interesting to people kind of expect it, I guess, to be a phase. Right. And yeah. it, it isn't for a lot of us, a lot of us, it's just, it's life, you know? It so it really doesn't go away. <laughs> All right. 
you know, growing up and, you know, wrestling does have its hot moments and not so hot moments, especially, especially during the nineties and early two thousands, you know, did you ever come across a point where you're, you know, you're a major wrestling fan, but like, it's not the hot thing to do be into anymore. And the, the feedback or responses from peers is more of like, damn, like, why do you still watch it? It's, it's, you know, fake or whatever they want to say. Um, right, right, right. Did you ever have those moments? And if you did, how were you able to like overcome that? Man, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. I've always kind of had a, like, there's always been a thing with me. Like I have trouble listening to anybody anyway. So if they did say that sort of thing, like I, I didn't hear them. Yeah. Um, like, cause it's very likely that people were saying that sort of stuff directly to my face. And I was just like, yeah, yeah and just move on. Um, I've just never really uh, spent much time dwelling what other on what others had to say, especially like to or about me. Like, it's just like, okay. Like, because I think in, in life in general, and not to get off on some phys- uh, philosophy tangent, right? No, but like, um, but at the same time, like in life in general, like they don't see or like feel like how you're feeling, what you're seeing and, and what you kind of have envisioned for yourself and in the future, whether the future be, you know, tomorrow or, 10 years from now and how, however far ahead are you looking? So like, they don't really understand, you know, from their perspective, you know, they, they can't, they can't see it through your eyes. So, um, yeah, when I was, I was still a fan and stuff, um, through some of the, some of the rough patches of professional wrestling, as far as like the, the, uh, height of it goes. And I was, I was watching a lot of other stuff too, though, you know, so I was watching a lot of independent stuff and I was watching a lot of, uh, Japanese stuff and, uh, all that. So, it was it was keeping me interested, even though you know maybe um, WWF or WWE at the time wasn't necessarily putting on the best product or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's so much. There's so many more options out there, and of course, people now know that. Like it's 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 not news now, but at the time, you know, you were digging to find that stuff, and I, I got really lucky because one of the guys who I met um, in the backyarding experience before I ever had my first pro match or anything like that. He was into tape trading and stuff. And he was a couple of years older than me. And he was, uh, he had a little more experience with the internet because, uh, I was like pretty poor growing up. So like, um, I didn't have a computer and things. So like he are here and had all this stuff handled. Like at this point I had a computer and stuff, but I wasn't on, I wasn't on that level of like tape trading and yeah. really understanding it. Um, so, uh, it was, it was cool because he introduced me to so many, things as far as um the wrestling world goes like like i say too i was i was into ecw and i thought i was like watching some underground stuff you know what i mean so it's kind of fun you you mentioned something uh very briefly that really stood out to me you you talked about uh just growing up poor as a as Mm -hmm. a kid did you did you realize you were poor and like maybe didn't have things that other kids did um, I mean, I, I probably realized it a little later, you know, late into middle school, high school, when people start becoming a little more materialistic and like flexing becomes part of the program, you know, so um, I, I like, but even then it didn't really bother me at all. And and I was kind of luckily, like we were fortunate, um, like in a, in a way, like my mother uh, ended up coming into the money a little later that, that got us a little out of like, um the lower class and a little toward toward the middle class like we weren't quite there right but we were getting there so it was a a little easier to kind of blend in with the uh the other kids at school and whatever but um generally i was so wrapped up in my own 
nonsense like wrestling and stuff like that like i was in school i did terrible in school and all that but like i was in school and i was just like drawing wrestling logos and stuff from my backyard fed yeah. and like you know booking cards from my backyard fed and stuff so it was it was like i wasn't interested in what you know these kids had to say or yeah. like or if they were trying to make me realize, oh, like you're poor, like I don't care, like okay, I'm gonna go hit someone with a chair later, so I don't care if I'm poor, like. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a great, um, that's a great strength that you have. You can, you can really tell that nothing that anybody can say can bother you, and I think a lot of people have that challenge of once they hear some type of negative feedback or somebody saying, you know, something about them, it really affects them and they can't let it go. Right, right. I think, I think, and I've, I've had this uh, conversation with a couple people that it, it, it helps a lot to have like siblings, especially like siblings that are good at shit talking. Because yeah. like you get really good at, at shit talking with them, and then at the same time you, you develop a thicker skin, right? So like yeah. it, it, it just, it really doesn't matter like what anyone says or like what class you're in or anything like that, because that's just today, right? So like, what they say only if only matters in that very moment, if it matters at all, right? It typically doesn't. And as far as like where you're at right now, is literally where you're at right now. It's already over. It's, it's, given given the fact that it's the only thing that exists is this present moment, it's still already over. Yep. So, you know, it's it, don't don't worry about it. It's it's fine. You, you'll exactly. be all right. Exactly, man. Everybody out there <laughs> that's listening right now, like if if somebody said some stuff about you that ain't true or doesn't affect your life in a major way just ignore it keep it moving uh it karma's a son of a gun you know uh, right <laughs> and, and the thing too like people say things to other people which can be a result of them and their own insecurity oh 100 yeah. you know like i remember in school like i had a friend of mine um he kind of struggled with uh with i guess taking it to heart when people would say things about him he didn't have the thickest skin and stuff like that and um he was always kind of like in awe at the fact that people would say things to her about me and it, I'd like, it would just roll off. Like, um, like I was in school and some kid was like, Oh, like you got to get free lunch. You know what I mean? Like you got to type in the little number and get the free lunch. Cause you're a poor kid, ha, ha, whatever. Right. And I was like, right. Yeah. You got to pay for lunch. You fucking <laughs> idiot. You know, <laughs> but not, yeah. So Jumping, jumping back into pro wrestling, man. Did you did you get official training before becoming a backyarder, or was it straight to backyard wrestling? And how did how did you put that all together to make that move of all right, I'm gonna take a step further and not just be a wrestling fan. I'm I'm gonna jump in in the ring. Yeah, I think I think um, since since forever, I kind of knew that like wrestling, I was gonna do it. Like since the first time I saw it and realized that it was an option for you to do, I was like, yeah, that's, that's in the cards. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, if you talk to my parents, like it was just like wrestling, that was it, you know? So, um, there wasn't a lot else, uh, that I was interested in. Like I said, I was not excelling in school, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, it was, it was really like all I had anyway. Right. Um, yeah. in a way. And then, um, I think when I when I first which I first started backyarding like way before training because I started when I was like 11 years old and like I say like they the reason I say 11 is because that's when I took my first ground bump and actually had a whole match on the ground before that I was like wrestling on the trampoline and whatever yeah. so it was like 11 or 12 uh, so and I just met 
my best friend. And we met through wrestling because he came in wearing like a DX shirt and <laughs> in uh, grade school. And like they kicked him out of class because it said suck it on the back or whatever. Yeah. And like he gets kicked out of class. We hadn't even really talked, right? Uh-huh. He gets kicked out of class for wearing the shirt. And I was like, that's my boy right there. <laughs> like, that's who I'm going to be friends with. So, um, yeah, so we became friends or whatever. And like I said, I was still like I was on the WWF side of things, but it was like fresh for me. I was coming over from the WCW side of things at that time. And then he and I linked up. And the next thing you know, like we're just kind of yarding, not really. We're just kind of like doing moves. And then we kind of use another friend's trampoline and start doing some wrestling. And then we start going onto the ground. And once we start going onto the ground, that's when I was like, okay, like now I'm doing it, you know, so because I can bump on the ground or whatever. So, um, I didn't get trained until I was, uh, late into my 16 year old self. Um, and probably, and I trained for about, uh, roughly like a year and then got licensed at 18 and, and debuted, um, in 2005. So, yeah, so I, I, but the timeline was messy too, because I started doing indie stuff uh here locally and stuff and then i kind of didn't like it like i was in it and like i didn't like the politics and i didn't like the fact that i weighed like 130 pounds and everyone in the locker room was like oh yeah like i'm gonna do horrific things to this guy because he's small you know what i mean so um so i didn't really like the whole the whole scene so i kind of like slowly went back into backyarding not that i ever got out of it but i went like i kind of dropped the indie scene for a little while and and was just doing backyard stuff just because like that's where the fun was for me. Yeah. And um and fortunately I did really because I got to be a lot more creative and I had a lot more freedom over like myself and and learning stuff. You know, a lot of stuff back then was um the wrestlers telling you, Oh, don't do that flashy stuff, like, you know, that's you know, like they they hated all of it. And a lot of them still do, depending on what company you're in. You know, they didn't want you to do the flashy stuff really like realistically and they didn't tell you this it's because you were going to show them up and they couldn't get over later on the card because exactly. you took all the pop right yeah but like at the time they're telling us like oh you're doing too much and it don't make sense right well there's plenty of ways you can make it make sense you know and and now looking back you know hindsight's 2020 they were just full of it but um fortunately fortunately now uh it's way more widely accepted to do all the flashy stuff and so you know they're not able to fool anyone you know these young boys coming up they're not able to be like oh do less and like these people are like okay yeah no because they're watching ricochet and osprey and all these guys kill it you know and so if that's what they're aspiring to do is more of a high-flying high-paced style then um they they probably you know feel better a little better with uh with seeing that now and not having these people kind of put nonsense in their head. At the, at the end of the day, like, uh, no, obviously like the old school, the old school guys can always talk about wrestling from the eighties and how it was all pretty much ring based. But I mean, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like those, the high flying stuff gets the crowd out of the seats. And I think the ultimate goal is to have that reaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's what I always said, too, even back when I was like yarding and there was people talking and they would bicker about the styles and stuff of, of different wrestlers and stuff. And it was like there's, you know, hypothetically 10,000 seats in the audience. And if 100 of them came there to see the high flying and the rest of them came. 
came there to see the Hoss fight, and like a few of them came there to see the whatever. It doesn't matter because the high flying still sold 100 seats, so they belong there just as much as the next guy, right? Exactly. So um, it's a it's a variety show, right? So you kind of have to have everything, and I'm just I'm just filling my spot. Did you ever get any slack for being a backyard wrestler when you would go back from backyard to to the indie scene? Um, I didn't really say it much. Uh, a little later now that I don't yard, of course, now, but like, are you now? I'm kind of wide open about it. Obviously, like I'm talking here about it. I've mentioned it uh, everywhere, and I even got over as far as like blowing up on the internet off of a quote backyard show, right? Even though it was ran by one of the biggest independent companies in the country, if not the world. So, yep. um, yeah, I would have gotten more flack, and I think um, it was kind of we already knew, like, hey, like don't say that, you know, don't, don't tell people you're a yard or whatever. Um, and so, so we just really didn't mention it. And, um, because, you know, it kind of had the stigma of like, you're unsafe and whatever, but I was trained at that point, you know? So like, if I was already in the Indies, I was already trained. So as far as like the safety and the right way to do things go, like I was, I was good. I was good to go. So, um, yeah, and a lot of people even kind of say that, like there was, there was some comments. There were, there were few and far between, but I did see some um, tweet mentions that were like, "Oh, like he did congratulations, he did this in front of twenty people in the backyard, you know, like good for him. He's gonna break his neck." And it's like, "Well, am I?" <laughs> yeah, because you can break your neck in front of a hundred thousand people too. Like, right, it's still, it's day. still a broken neck. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, at what point did you ever actually have a point where you're, you know? cruising along you, you're working the weekends you're doing what you got to do you probably miss out missing out on a lot of personal events family events mm -hmm. all that stuff did you mm -hmm. ever have a moment where you're just like like am i going to continue this or is it worth it right yeah i think i, I mean yeah definitely um i think everyone would probably have those moments unless they just decide look i'm not gonna have those moments i'm gonna shut that part of me down like right now and never think about it again right up whatever um but for me yeah that happens a lot like um it's kind of funny like i don't know when this is gonna release so i don't know what to when when is this gonna release I, i'm hoping tomorrow okay tomorrow's good today today i'd be i'd be shooting myself in the foot but like last friday right i missed my girlfriend's birthday oh, okay man. right because i'm in seattle yeah Right. And that's, like, she's totally cool. And she's like the most supportive human being on the planet of what I'm doing. Like she's all for it. She, she helps with every way possible. She's the best. Right. But I miss her birthday last Friday. So the reason I'm away from home at this very moment, and I'm going to tell this story real quick because I haven't told this story yet. I told a couple guys a story, um, a couple of days ago before I did a podcast and, um, before we went and, and actually recorded and they were like, we should have recorded that. So here we go. You can have this story. Okay. So, um, I'm in Seattle, right? And I have to fly back from Seattle the very next day. I got a show in Tennessee. So the, the show ends her birthday Friday show ends at like midnight in Seattle, which is like 3am here on the East coast. Right. Yeah. And I got to fly to Memphis the next day for a show the next night, Saturday night, uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. And so she comes down, she drives down on her birthday to Tennessee, stays in a hotel just so that she's in Memphis to pick me up and drive me from Memphis to Jackson. Right. So yeah. she's doing this on her birthday. Okay. And we're talking months ago 
she mentioned a very specific cake that she wanted. It's basically a meme, uh-huh. but she wanted this very specific meme cake done <laughs> for her birthday. And she hasn't she hasn't had a cake in years for her birthday, like whatever, right? She, yeah. she put it all over, and this was months ago. And at the time, I'm sitting there on my phone, and I'm listening to her, but I'm like in my phone, and I intentionally kind of no-sell her on it, right? I'm intentionally kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, cool cake. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I keep, I keep going. But I make a mental note, but I didn't want to put it over like, yeah, I'm going to get you that cake, right? Yeah. But I took a mental note, right? And so I'm in Seattle, and I'm sitting there, and I'm calling people, and I'm trying to figure out from Seattle, like, how can I get this cake made, and when can I get this cake made, and yada, yada, yada. And there's a bunch of complications because the local, there's uh, the Walmart and the Kroger here locally were like, oh, you got to bring in as a, a printed document. Like it has to be a physical document. Like you can't email us the file or anything. You got to bring in the, the, the physical picture. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right, I'll just do it when I get home. Like it's late, you know, it's already going to be late. So what's a couple more days, whatever. Right. So I fly back. I do the show in Tennessee. We, you know, she's with me, whatever we we drive back after that, or no, actually we do a, we do TV taping on Sunday. She's there the whole weekend, right? Just wrestling weekend, wrestling weekend, like, um, uh, and I'm no fun, you know, cause I'm off doing the whole thing. Right. So she's just there, she's hanging, she's working my merch table and all that. And then we fly back or sorry, drive back on Sunday, but we don't get home Sunday until late that night. Right. Probably one, two in the morning. So we get back and at that point we're dead, right? So we crash, whatever. I get up the next day and I'm doing everything in my power to get it done. Um, I go to Walmart and all that stuff and I put in the order for the cake on Monday for the cake. The cake uh, is like a SpongeBob meme. For those SpongeBob fans out there, maybe you understand and and know this. It's a little before my time, Um, but or after my time, rather, but the the meme basically is like I, I don't even know the scene really. Like I watched the scene in order to get the the cake right, but yeah. it's it's uh it says something about Hey Patrick, I know so, I thought of something funnier than twenty four, and Patrick's like, let me hear it, and he says twenty five, right? Which it's her twenty fifth birthday, so that's why she wants this meme cake, right? And so I go to Walmart, I'm trying to get it done, like cool, I'm going to have it done. It's going to be good to go. I'm going to pick it up on Tuesday. I go to pick it up on Tuesday. I walk in there. They got the wrong cake. It's a SpongeBob cake, but it doesn't have the picture that I've given them on the cake, uh-huh. right? And I'm like, uh, this isn't what I ordered, right? <laughs> and they're like, they start getting snippy with me, right? They start giving me problems about it. I'm like, I didn't make the wrong cake, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're giving me problems, and they say, Oh, well, what do you want us to do about it? And I said, I guess eat it. I don't know. And like, cause they wanted me to pay for it. And I just leave. Like, I'm like, I'm not paying for this cake that I didn't, that I didn't order. Right. What am I going to do with this? So, um, I leave, I get on the phone, I'm calling Kroger and stuff like that. Right. And trying to figure it out. And Kroger's like, yeah, we can do it. You just got to bring us in the picture. Right. I take them in the picture and they say, oh, we can't do that picture because it's a licensed product. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, okay. So then I call up, I call up Coldstone because I found out through Google that they do uh, uh, photo cakes, right? And they yeah. can print my image and whatever. And they, and they're like, oh, we can do it through email, or whatever. And I even say on the phone, I'm like, look, it's this picture of SpongeBob. It's a very specific image. Can you do it? And I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. So I go there. I drive to Coldstone. I'm ready to do it, right? Uh-huh. I walk in. I'm like, yes, we're gonna get it done. And they're like, oh, we we can't even get 
um, the paper, our order for the paper doesn't even come in until the 18th, and it may not even be here on the 18th. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> so I have a whole wrestling weekend, you know, so I'm not going to be here again. So yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, figure it out. Man, so I, I get online like I need a, and I, I order the, the printed icing for this cake. Jesus. I order it, and I rush deliver it. <laughs> and it, fortunately, it showed up today. So right now, and the reason, like, I'm doing this um, podcast right now in my grandmother's garage. And the only reason I'm in the garage is to keep the noise down because she's in the house and stuff like that. But I'm at my grandmother's cooking a cake just so I'm not cooking it at our house, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so um, here I am cooking a cake. And, uh, and, and I, luckily, the icing came out. Like, yeah. the printed icing is here. It's perfect. It's fine. It's oh, great. Everything's, everything's good. But... You know, that's a little story about uh, the struggles uh, that you go through sometimes just because you're on the road or whatever. But, you know, that's just one one example. Yeah. Um, but it works out in the long run. And uh, for some people, you know, it's not for everybody. But I think if you want it bad enough, like you'll make it work. Exactly. And, you know, when it when it comes to the point where it affects like family members, uh, you know, significant others, mm-hmm. if they understand, I, I'm sure if they if they love you enough, they get it. Like right. they know that you know this is something that you're passionate about, and we always look at the long. I th- I always look at the long term part of it. Like it's all gonna pay off eventually. As much work, you know, as as long as you continue to put that work in, you know, it, it all pays off. And that's when you get to look at your family and be like, "Hey, I did it. Aren't you proud of me?" And they're of co- of course gonna say, "Yeah." And they they're gonna tell you that you we always knew you were gonna do it. So I think that's always the the payoff mm-hmm. when it comes to missing out on those type of deals. And man, you told that story, and uh, man, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> I'll get you had me stressing every with every part of the stressing story. Stressing the cake. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Is like I was very fortunate. I was I was very fortunate that my both of my parents were like really really supportive. Yeah. Um, like since since I was old enough to like slam around a teddy bear. They were like, yeah, slam that teddy bear, right? Like, they were very, very supportive of anything I wanted to do. You know, I know a lot of people come from backgrounds where it's like their parents are like, hey, man, go to school. Don't mess with that wrestling stuff, you know, and stuff like that. And, yeah, they're looking out for you, and they want what's right for you and whatever. But I was I was fortunate enough to have parents that were just just ready for me to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. Uh, you know, my, my dad paid for my training, you know, full – paid it in full, you know, um back then and we didn't have we didn't have money like that right so yeah. like and looking back now i didn't really think about it you know because i'm 16 just ready to go right so i wasn't thinking about his money or anything with that i don't know the struggles that he had to face in order to come up with that but he came up with the money to pay for training in full and stuff so um yeah shout out to him of course and and just they were they were both always they wouldn't let me or my siblings say you can't do something yeah. Like that just was not an option. Like my my dad was that way, my mom was that way. Like they they were divorced or whatever, like my whole life basically mm-hmm. since I was like three or something. But like both of them were just like if you said you couldn't do anything, like oh I can't do that, they would make you do it. No, oh, you got to do it now. You know, like it's not an option to say you can't do it. Like we're gonna we're gonna make sure you do it. So I was very fortunate in that sense that like they uh, they. They instilled that in me, like that that can do attitude, if you will. You know, yeah. my dad always says, uh, "Can't never could do anything," right? So, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> that's big facts, man. Big facts. <laughs> right. So I was, I was very fortunate like that, you know, so, and, and I still have that same support system around me. I guess I've kind of attracted that through my life, you know, with the girl that I'm with and whatever. Um, and of course all my family is supportive, like, and they kind of just like, at this point, they've kind of just accepted like, oh, Alex is going to do what he's going to do anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, why even say anything? Just just give him a little thumbs up and let him go on because he's going to do it regardless. So. Does, it, does it bring you some validation when you, you know, you're, you're showing your parents your matches and, and, you know, everything that's going on in your career? And, you know, obviously, they, I'm sure they're super proud of you. Does that bring a validation of like, hey, dad, you paid my my training, but here you go. Here's the work that I'm putting in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every weekend, like I go do my wrestling weekend, I come back and like I get in touch with him and like one or two days out of the week, we kind of go do lunch or something like that. And uh, so he'll hit me up Monday, you know, because it's after the weekend and he'll be like, oh, how'd the weekend go? And we kind of always catch up about it. And he's never been a wrestling fan or anything like that, yeah. but he's he's there to hear every bit of it. And he's like, so, yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's, it's awesome to kind of, like you said, repay that and in the form of some sort of tangible success where it's kind of like, look, you know, this is happening. Like it's finally happening. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's more that, that, uh, and I hope there's more that I get to show them just like that, you know, to to keep, uh, keep showing them that, uh, it was worth it. It was worth it for us. I I gotta ask, man, is, is grandpa still around? Grandpa is not. Rest in peace, Grandpa. Oh, yeah, man. I was I was Pap. You know, uh, his his handle was Panty Snatcher. That's what they called him. So um, I'm trying to I'm trying to live up to that. No, I'm not. Don't tell my girlfriend that. I'm here baking her cake. <laughs> I know, right? Did he uh, Did he get Did he have the chance to see you wrestle? Oh yeah, yeah. He okay. he definitely like he saw me wrestle. He saw he saw me do a lot of stuff. Um, he was around for a lot of it. He just passed in the last um, the two years ago now. Oh, so. Okay. Surprisingly, it's been that long. Um, but yeah, so uh, fortunately, he did get to see me wrestle, and um, I, I still like, in a way, kind of like have that conversation with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh look, you know, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I wish you could see it. You know, so. And I'm sure that brings you a a motivation that you can't get anywhere else. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't buy that. <laughs> but I think I think everything that you're doing is amazing. I know a lot of people probably are just learning about you, um, but man, there's gonna be so much more to see, and it's definitely not the last of the sauce, man. There's a there's a lot to go around. Um, <laughs> That's so. right, a whole lot of sauce uh, <laughs> left to give, and uh, I uh, I plan on bringing it everywhere. Uh, you're out in California, correct? I am, sir. Nice, nice. So I'm I'm coming out to California. My first California match is coming up on the 9th of August. So I'll be out in LA okay. uh, with GCW. Um, and then it certainly won't be my last. I know I'm already working on bookings out there. But uh, yeah, so um, if you, which I don't think you're near Cali, right? I mean, uh, LA, right? No, I'm in the Bay Area. So like the same You're in the system. Bay Area. Well, I'll be up there too. I know I got I got a little bit I got some loose connections up there that I'm sure I could uh, foster into <laughs> oh, some can, relationships. I can, I can imagine which promotions you're gonna end up at, man. And I'll tell you this: you and me are going out when that happens. Absolutely, yeah. Let's go get a taco, bro. That's you gotta good. show me that Bay Area. Done deal, man. Done deal. 
Uh, <laughs> for everybody out there who want to keep track of where you're going to be at next, because it's probably hard to schedule everything that's going on, um, where can they find you? I mean, you can find me, of course, on the internet, Alex Zane, A-L-E-X-Z-A-Y-N-E, at A-L-E-X-Z-A-Y-N-E. Um, so you can find me anywhere on the internet. If you're looking for me in a city, then tomorrow I'm in Gladeville, Tennessee. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. The next day I'm in, uh, what is that? It's called Wartford, Tennessee on Saturday as well. So I'm doing a double shot on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I took the day off. Um, next weekend, what is next week? I don't even know. What is next weekend? The date on that? The 26th? 26, 27th? Yep. Yeah, so um, on that, I will be GCW in Asbury Park, New Jersey on the 26th, uh, and Dixon, Tennessee for USA Championship Wrestling in, yeah, in Dixon, Tennessee. And then the 28th, I'm at Beyond Wrestling, and I'm not even sure where they're located because they're traveling all over the place. So that that's the, that's the plan. <laughs> man, well, I wish you nothing but the best, man, like, Inside of the ring, you're spectacular, but outside of the ring, man, just based off this conversation, you're a real good dude. Um, so all the good vibes to you, brother, and hopefully we'll see each other soon. Hey, you too, AJ. Thank you a lot. appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you on the internet.